Hi, everybody. This is John DeCross, the comic, actor, voiceover. And you're listening to We Podcast and We Know Things. <laughs> well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 180 of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we recap all of the last week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matoro. I'm getting cabin. <laughs> uh, this is episode 180 of uh, of the show, our third episode in isolation. Um, so Sam and I are still doing this over the phone, but we figure better to do it this way than no way. They didn't shut us down yet. Dude, you know, obviously podcast listenership is like declining because there's less people commuting. And I've also read yep. comments online where people say, I don't listen to podcasts because now they're doing them remotely and the sound quality isn't as good. And, you know, normally we take a lot of pride in our audio quality with you and I sounding very good most of the time. But, you know, we had to do this yep. whole phone thing and we're trying to make it as crystal clear as possible. Just pretend I'm interviewing Sam over the phone. That's all you have to do. Yeah, I'm an interview of the week. That's fine. That's it. Uh, we do want to throw a quick shout out before we get started tonight to the guys in the Two Guys One Moop podcast. Two Guys One Moop, whatever a moop is. Um, I figure it's a. It's, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, they they do like a, they do like a moop of the week, like a jackass of the week, or yeah. something like that. It's uh, two buddies, uh, Yorgo and Sean. Uh, they, they, they they kind of they just go on talk about bullshit. They talk about comics or you know whatever's going on, and, and they just shoot the shit and have fun. It's a really good podcast. Yeah, they had, uh, I think, episode three or four, and they shouted us out. Um, and the moop of the week that week was Joe Exotic. So I felt right at home, which was great. And, and, and what's so funny is I feel like I watched it, even though I have not watched one second of the show, but I feel like I know everything about that show because of them, too. <laughs> I know everything about it now. I'm good. Yeah, I had so, I had Ashley start to watch or, it. So and they're on like IGTV, they're on Podbeam. Like I don't think they're on everywhere, but they're, they're getting there. They're starting now. Yeah, so they are like I think three or four episodes in, but they do like a weekly shout out. They they shouted us out, and we want to return the favor. So thank you to the two guys, one moot podcast, wherever you can get that audible goodness. Uh, but onward and upward. No, and, and the, oh, go ahead. No, and what I was going to say, like, with thing about podcasts, like I feel like everyone should kind of like spread the love. Like you shouldn't want to be like, you know, no, it's just I don't know, share the love. Like if there's more room than just our podcast, you know what I mean? Like I don't know. Yeah, we've always been that way. I, I'm not afraid to shout out other podcasts, um, especially those who like reciprocate the favor. Um, but yeah, I'm never one to say only listen to us. We know a couple people like that, and, and we choose not to. Yeah, to and it's like direction. you know, it's like we so we we didn't ask for a shout. They did that out of the kindness of our hearts, and we're like we're we're gonna do the same damn thing because that's what we like to do. We like to spread the love. Yeah, we got a couple IG followers out of that, so we appreciate the shout. Um, all right, let's move into our our show. We have a pick of the week to start. We have trivia. It's one for me, point five for Sam. On our journey to 11, win by two. Uh, as is customary over the last couple weeks, Sam's going to kick off the hosting duties with gaming. Just because gaming, there's just the most news happening right now. Uh, movies have been delayed and pushed back. And TV, there's not a lot percolating yeah. right now because nobody can film. But you can work on a video game uh, remotely. So a lot of gaming news is still happening. That's where our top three is going to be housed as well. When we're probably going to spend the majority of our time talking um, in the gaming section, we have a top three that goes right along with It's a Me, Mario. So, psyched on that. After gaming, I'll take back over for movies, TV, and music. Uh, and then we'll do our new segment, The Way It Is the Hardest Part. Uh, Sam will then take it back over for his CGC spotlight. And then we will get on out of here. 
Um, so as always, uh, let's kick it off, Sam, with your pick of the week. Pick of the week, and I want to go with a YouTube channel. I'm sure you know about it. It's called Retro Replay. Yep. Have you ever heard of it? I'm yeah, sure you have. Very much so. Yes. So it's you know, with Nolan North, who was the voice of the Uncharted Drake. You have Tori Baker, who was you know, the voice of Joel, Batman, Joker, and all that kind of stuff. But they kind of just... It, it, to, to be honest, they kind of remind you, like, me and you kind of just going back and playing games, and they just talk about it. Whether if it was, like, from their youth. I mean, they played N64 games. I watched them play Twisted Metal 1, which was kind of really fun to watch. Um, I'm actually watching them now. Um, uh, Nolan's actually doing the Uncharted playthrough. We started with the first game. And one of the reasons why I wanted to play The Last of Us was because I believe that's the second or third game that they do a, a run-through with that. So I was like, you know what? I want to beat this game. I want to understand the story. And, and to be honest, guys, we're home. We have all the time in the world. They have like a, a, a three-year backlog, and their videos are short. They're like 20, 25 in the beginning, and then they get to like 30, 40 minutes. But they just talk about old games, memories, growing up, what it meant to them. And I just think it's a great pod, or a great YouTube channel called Retro Replay. I will say, though, we'll tease it now as just like a quick one. And then we'll kind of dive in next week a little bit deeper. But Sam and I uh, have decided to start our monthly bonus episodes uh, in April uh, for Patreon only people. So patreon.com slash we pod squad for just as little as $1 a month. You can have access to these bonus episodes. We've decided to do our first bonus episode as a spoiler of the last of us. So uh, Sam is very timely in beating that game. So now we can have that discussion next week. Yeah, I mean, you figure, you know, I beat the game and the, the DLC under a week, so I think that's pretty good for me. I think that's very good for you. All getting hyped up for Final Fantasy VII, which is hopefully going to be on your doorstep on my dad's birthday, if not uh, yours. I I can only hope and pray, man. It's out of my hands. Yeah, so shout-out to Retro Replay, my pick of the week. Well, did you have anything else you wanted to add about your pick of the week, or am I good? No, no that's it. Take it away. My pick of the week is a television show that I've watched and then stopped after season three, so I'm a season and a half behind, um, but I started rewatching it about last Tuesday or so, maybe last Monday or Tuesday, um, just because I'm ready to dive back in head headstrong. And it's it's so much better the second time because you kind of remember the first time you saw it, and then you pick up all those little things you missed the first time. And that is Better Call Saul. It's it's so good. It's so good. It's it's almost. I won't say it's as good as Breaking Bad, but it's like. It's up, dude. It's right there. It's up. It's better than ninety nine percent of shows on television. It's just, it's just flat are out. Are you, are you caught up to the newest episodes? I am no. So I am only on season two, episode nine. Oh, you yeah. just got your toe in the water. So I have eleven oh, more okay. episodes to go until what I've already seen, and then season four, episode one, I've never seen yet. So the past season and a half, I'm, I'm kind of lost. So I'm excited to go into that blind. I'm- yeah, they're already. I think they only done. I think it did six or seven episodes so far, and I could tell you already it's their best season. Well, they got only one more after that. this, so they got to start wrapping some yep. things up. But uh, yep. it's it's so good. I mean, listen, um, the hell's his name? Is it Bob Odenkirk? Yeah, Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, he he destroys that role in the best possible way. Kim Wexler, she's great. Um, I love uh, Chuck McGill. Yep. I can't remember who plays oh, him. He's- yeah, I forget. Uh, Michael. Uh, uh, Michael something. I don't know. But he's great. Uh, I, I just the whole show. It's 
you, you live in that Breaking Bad universe, and anytime they throw in, even like in the first season, Kim and Jimmy are drinking at a bar, and they see this one guy on a Bluetooth headset, and they take advantage of him, and he's a the dickhead who is listening to say anything in Breaking Bad five years later. So it's like, oh my god, these little characters that they throw in there um, before Breaking Bad happens, so you see them before all this went to shit. Like, it's just... It's such a so well done, and Vince Gilligan knocks it out of the park again. So if you have been on the fence about Better Call Saul, you liked Breaking Bad, but you didn't want to get into the spinoff, can't recommend it enough, Better Call Saul. And his name was Michael McKean. Thank you. Uh, Sam, kick us off with trivia this week. You, you can give me the question first. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Eh, I want to test Batman knowledge, brother. Let's see where you're at. Test my what knowledge? This is... Your Batman knowledge. Oh shit! It's more. It's more Bruce Wayne. It's, it, I think it's easy, but we'll see. Because you played you played the Batman game, so you might even know this. What age was Bruce Wayne when he saw his parents die? Eight. Is that right? Say that again. Eight. I hear you say. You said eight. Yeah. Correct. No way. Yeah. Yes, sir. Eight years old. That was a total guess. That was Seven, eight, nine, ten would have been your answer. <laughs> awesome. Um, wow. Okay. So that's two. Two for me. I think the one that I got right before was a total guess. So I think I'm, um, I'm going well this this round. But uh, geez, Louise, you're in the lead, so that's always good. Yeah, I think I think you're going to get this one too. Um, it's a Mario Kart 64 question. Okay. So. Mario Kart 64 has four cups. The Mushroom Cup, the Flower Cup, the Star Cup, and the what? Oh, shit. Say the three again. Mushroom, Flower, Star, and what? I'm saying one, but one could be just a board. I don't know if it was a cup, though. I think I hear him typing. I think so. No, no, I actually, I actually push my chair back, and I'm spinning in my chair. Actually, hmm. believe me, I'm, I'm, you would hear me typing, I'm or just, I would not use you, so you wouldn't hear me typing. I'm just kidding. Uh, damn it! Uh, let me hear him. Let me hear him. I want to risk it. Is it A the special cup? B the Goomba cup? C the fire cup? Or D the cloud cup? Cloud. It is incorrect. It's the special cup. I said clouds because I was thinking a rainbow. That's what I'm. I'm trying. I was trying to think of other Mario esque things. So I was like, I don't want to do the sky. Good, good. It it was special until you said cloud. Oh, nice. Good. Three off then. My deductive reasoning. Three off. So there's two for me. Point five for Sam on a race to eleven. Win by two, Sam. Why don't you take it over here in the gaming space? And we got three reviews to start, but we'll start with the big one first. We got the Resident Evil 3 remake review. And I will tell you, um, a couple friends downloaded the, or not sorry, downloaded, pre-ordered this game. They're super hyped for it. They're going to stream it on Friday. Shout out to Alan Santos, friend of the podcast. He's been on the show before. Um, so super awesome. psyched, super psyched on that. But yeah, he... Uh, He's got it. He's ready to play it, and I'm super psyched on watching him play it. But at the same time, um, I don't, I don't know if it's a game I'm going to buy. But regardless of my thoughts, here is the review. 
like Resident Evil 2 before it, Resident Evil 3's 2020 remake does an amazing job of recapturing the horror intention of the late 90s original while completely modernizing its gameplay. It plays like a 2020 game because it is a 2020 game. The classic world is brought to life in glorious detail and smart level design makes it makes it sorry, makes exploring it a delight and replaying it almost compulsory. If only all remakes could be this good. Bring on the next one. I believe I saw it. I think it was a nine. Yeah, it's a nine out of ten. But I will say this. The last sentence of that where they say bring on the next one. I could only hope for an RE4 remake in this style. Resident Evil 4, one of my favorite games of all time. My God, what I wouldn't give for a completely rebuilt I Resident Evil 4. And I, I, I can imagine it's already, they're already working on it or they already have plans for it. It'd be crazy not to do the fourth one. I don't. Here's my only trepidation is that two and three are kind of contained into a couple different locations and they're smaller five, six hour things. RE4 is a 15 hour experience almost over six different chapters, six different locations. You're in a village, then a castle, then an Island. That's a lot to rebuild. That's almost like making a brand new game from the ground up. So I think that could take years to develop. Hopefully they've already been on it. Capcom's a big company, but I would love to see an RE4 um, version of it. We also have the multiplayer version of resident evil three got a separate uh, review because it's the four versus one multiplayer mode. It's called resident evil resistance. Uh, That beta was canceled, then put back up, or I should say postponed. Then it got put up for all consoles only a couple days before the game launched. So we do have the review of the Resistance multiplayer portion, and that is Resident Evil Resistance's 4 versus 1 multiplayer mode has its moments, but it could benefit from some character balancing and combat feedback that feels as good as it does single player. Playing as the villainous mastermind is consistently far more of a blast than trying to stay alive as the unbalanced survivors, particularly because you can play as iconic baddies from across the series, but also because messing with your friends feels so devious. Eight-o. Six. Ooh. Yeah, six. I, I thought maybe it was just because you get to play as the enemies, but it just, you know, peppered it up a little bit. Yeah. Next one we got, we got the Modern Warfare 2 remake review. We do not. I meant to ditch that from the notes. Uh, I will uh, take full responsibility as I was kind of hoping that the uh, folks over there would have it done by today, and they didn't. Uh, sorry, guys. That's on me. We have done. Next up, we got the Persona 5 Royal. I, I definitely have this one ready to go for you. Persona I, 5. I, really, I, I forgot <laughs> to say we don't have that one either. <laughs> Persona 5 was already a strong front runner for being the best JRPG ever made, and Royal really gets me wondering what else could even compete. This excellent story wow. and its lovable, multi-dimensional characters, along with the challenging tactical combat, are all refined and back for another round with new surprises and new friends in tow. There are new areas to explore and new twists to leave your jaw on the floor. Very little has been left untouched, and just about everything that has been touched is better off for it. The Phantom Thieves has stolen my heart all over again, and I don't really want it back. I mean... Go for it. Go for it. Ten. Yes. Ten. You got it. Ten out of ten, Dude, I wanted to say nine, five. No, ten out of ten. Fucking masterpiece. Uh, that's good to hear, though. 
huge Mario rumors for his 35th birthday. And I have a feeling this is where the majority of our time is going to be spent talking during this gaming section, at least, because this is the one thing that you know that the hair on my neck was standing up. Oh, God, yeah. So uh, I was super psyched to hear about this. And the the news goes like this, uh, per a variety of sources, that... Um, a Super Mario like All-Stars 2, if you remember All-Stars was 1993 and 1994's SNES remakes of the first three Super Mario Brothers games plus the Lost Levels in 16-bit as opposed to 8-bit. And that was on the Super Nintendo. And that was excellent. Like what a compilation, especially for the early 90s. Um, now fast forward. Well, what happened to the 3D games like Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, Super Mario Galaxy, Super Mario, maybe even Galaxy 2, Super Mario 3D World. So all of those things apparently are coming. So uh, the rumor has it that wow. in June of this year at E3, Nintendo was going to drop a trailer for the new Super Mario Brothers movie from Illumination was going to. Tell us all about the Nintendo partnership with Universal Studios in in Orlando and drop the news that uh, Super Mario 64, Super Mario Galaxy, Super Mario Sunshine uh, were all getting HD remasters and that uh, Super Mario 3D World was getting a deluxe edition all on Switch with extra levels and extra content and a new Paper Mario game was being uh, made way back to the RPG style of the Nintendo 64 and GameCube ones, not so much the gimmicky games that have been going on over the last couple of generations with the 3DS and the Wii U. So basically all the best news about Mario you could ever dream rolled into one and thrown at us. I've been waiting four days to talk about this. Oh, dude, they threw everything at us. Holy shit. Like unreal. Now out of all those games, I think I have an idea, but which one of those would you rather play remastered or, or looking forward to most? And everything you just named. Yeah. Maybe Mario 64. Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. I, as much as I love galaxy and as much as sunshine gets a little bit of unfair treatment, in my opinion, SM 64 is a groundbreaking game that I would die to see in like 1080. Like, not the blocky N64 graphics, although no, they're, yeah, su- yeah, yeah. they're super charming. But if you took the visuals from Super Mario Odyssey, and I'm not even talking we have to get that perfect, but like you took HD graphics and threw a coat of paint over SM64, you're telling me that wouldn't be like the greatest remaster of all time just in that game alone? Oh, like That would a- fly off the shelves. And, and, the, and what they're saying is, this is all rumor and all hearsay. We may get it with the June Direct. We may get a separate event. Obviously, E3 not happening now. We don't know if and when we'll get this at all. But the rumor has been consummated by multiple sources, including Eurogamer, VGC, um, or yeah, VGC. Uh, I think even Jason Schreier from Kotaku uh, joined in on it. IGN reported it. So, like, a lot of folks have jumped on this. It's not just a 4chan leak that. SM64, Sunshine, and Galaxy, and maybe even Galaxy 2 will all be packaged together as a Super Mario All-Stars 2 uh, in one thing. Wow. That would be That's awesome. that would be amazing. If I don't have to spend $40 to $60 per remaster and I could just get it all for $60, bucks, that's the best value Nintendo may have ever put out. But do you think that's all you think everything you just said is gonna be 60 bucks? They can't go higher than that. There's zero percent chance they can go higher than that. Nobody. I, mean, I, I, 
Nobody in the right mind. You had, let's see, SM64, I think, was 1996. Sunshine was, I think, 01, maybe early, early 02. Galaxy was 07. So we're talking anywhere from 13 to, what, 24 years old. I mean, you could fit all those games combined onto one cartridge and throw it out there for 60 bucks. Now, Nintendo is known in the past to make HD remasters and sell them for 60 so, like, it wouldn't shock me to death if they do a staggered release over their year where it's like SM64 in June and then August you get I Sunshine. Get I would buy all three of them. That's the problem. That's what I'm hoping <laughs> that I'm hoping that these are in one package because that to me is the best value money could buy in a video game space. Yeah. Like, you to me, dude, if if. If at that point you can play Super Mario 64 in 1080 remastered on your Switch, if that doesn't make you want to go out and buy a Nintendo Switch, and I'm talking directly to you, I don't know what will. Oh, I know you are. No, I, I know you are. There's a million, a million reasons why. I mean, one, you can't find it right now, but, you know, in due time, in due time, my friend. But I mean, like, wouldn't an SM64 1080 remaster, like, get get your ass in gear a little bit? I'm not, yeah. I, I now, especially right now. No, like no, no. Like I'm talking like no, June, no, no. July. I, I then it's it's more. Then I really have to figure out like because already you know I have to get PS5. It's not coming and this already, year. It's still not coming. I, I don't mean, care what anybody says. I mean, I, I, whether it does or doesn't, it, I don't even know if it has HDMI ports. I got to I got to figure out where all these systems are going. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's a fair point. The, you know what I mean? Like, if not, like, I might just, you know, box one up, God forbid. Um, I mean, I don't do that. like, listen, at the end of the day, though, that's what Switch can be played in handheld for. I know that that's not the, the best way to play it for these things, but, yeah. you know, at the yeah, end of the day. Of course, I'd want to play that on the 50. Come on. Oh, my God, dude. I, I'm sitting here just drooling over the thought of an SM64. For me, Galaxy has a chance to be great again. I think Galaxy is unbelievably incredible from an, from a game, but like, or as like a Wii game and, and I think galaxy two is even better. So I'd love it if that even got a little bit of some love, but when they said the majority of Mario's backlog, like that was the words from the release that even tells me they might take the super Nintendo all-stars remasters that they actually put out. That would be cool. They put that out on Wii for Mario's, I think 25th or 20th anniversary. They might take that and throw that on the eShop. Or on the Switch, Nintendo Online, Super Nintendo thing, and just give everybody that as a part of this for nothing. So like, there's yeah. there's un it's like the the possibilities from when you hear the words Mario's entire backlog, he's been in over 120 games. So like, we have no idea what this could. Yeah, mean. I know. It's like, what the hell do you mean? So we went back through all 170 plus games that Mario has appeared in. Not not a Mario game, just that he's appeared in. And we've ranked our top three games that Mario has appeared in. Sam, why don't you kick us off at the top three this week? I'll, I'll kick us off. Me, I'm more of a basic Mario. You're definitely, you're going to have the deep cuts. Mine is going to be the basics, what I grew up playing. Believe me when I tell you, hold, hold on, before you start, before you start, let me tell you that I didn't go that deep, my friend. The, the greats are great for a oh. reason. Okay, okay. Uh, I thought you might have went deeper. I, I, mine's the basics. What, I, what we played growing up, what we had, you know, tournaments in, day in, day out. My number three, I had to go with Mario Party 2 for the N64. It was num- It's my number um, four or five. It was. It's so hard. Oh, to, it's That's the best Mario Party game to this day. Yeah. 
and I was like, man, I remember we played one a lot, but I was like, you know what? I remember laughing and, and trying to get the most stars and not getting it. We always played with our uh, buddy Pat Gallon, Jim Gallon, and Ryan, and we used to just battle this game for hours on end. It had to be on my list. Yeah, Mario Party 2, the definitive best Mario Party game. I would even say Super Mario Party for Switch would have been better if it had more levels. It only has four. Um, that game would have been yeah, right at the top of the levels. list. That game was so now, good. Do you know what do you know what year that came out? What, Mario Party 2? Yep. Um, I would say 98 or 99. 2000. Mm, damn. So four years after January. the system came out. Yeah. So yeah, four years after the console came out and 64 came out in 96. Um, dude, what a great concept. Get all the Nintendo characters you love and play a board game as them with mini games. Like, oh my God. Fantastic. My number three is Super Smash Brothers for the Nintendo 64. Um, ah, you bastard. I, I, it's my number two. <laughs> I had uh, all the Smash Bros games to pick from, obviously. Um, and would I say yeah. that Ultimate is probably the best one? I would. Would I say that Melee is probably my favorite? I would. But at the end of the day, the most iconic to me and the one we played the most, just like you said, the tournaments, the everything, the introduction to it, like SM or I'm sorry, Smash 64 has this fondness about it. It's got this like, aura around it of it's untouchable melee probably refined it made it a little better made it a little faster ultimate has the full roster and levels and everything you can possibly want but there's something about turning on a smash 64 with only eight characters and in one sitting unlocking the other four there's something about it i do it all the time to this day i was i still have my memory card so i have all the characters i delete it we used to go oh see i i keep it it's like ah because you know, I, mean, I don't, I don't blame you. I understand, I understand why you do it. Because I don't play with a friend, like with friends all the time, and it's not Smash is not the greatest one player game. Uh, Brawl was good with I Subspace agree. Emissary. So I, what's the single player? The single player is going through the story mode and getting Luigi, Ness, Jigglypuff, and Captain Falcon. Yep. You know, beat it without losing a life. Beat it in under twenty minutes. Beat it. Uh, I think what on normal or very hard or something like there was. Yeah, way at once normal. Yeah, yeah. So like it, it had its ways. That's you could do it in one sitting if you really wanted to. Take it two hours if that, not even. And you just and, run through. And it. you yeah. remember, and you remember back in the day playing at Pino's house where we pull at Saffron City. We would just put Pokeballs only and just go nuts. Oh my god! And you and you turn items to high. So they're coming down constantly. Yeah, they're, and they're Pokeballs. And then, like you said, Saffron City was the only map to play on because it had that space in the middle where random Pokemon would pop out of the center. And, like, Venusaur would come out. Venusaur. And, like, Chansey Porygon. would come out. Porygon. Like, oh, my God. Charizard, I think, maybe, I think, came out of that one, too. And then in the Pokeballs. What was the, what was the, what was the Pokemon? Oh, yeah, it was, that, it was Electrode, I think. Electrode came out, Electrode, too. Electrode, that's Electrode, Electrode. And what Pokemon in the Pokeballs was always the shittiest one that you never wanted to get? Goldine. Yeah, baby, dude. Goldine was like... Come on, I still remember. Yeah, Goldine was great. So that was my number three yeah. and, and your number two. Anything else you wanted to add about it? That was that was my number two. What year did it come out? Uh, that was 98? 99. 99, right, 99. Um, I remember fifth grade... The summer of fifth going into sixth, back when I was in my NSYNC phase. Um, Jesus. Not only was I in my in my NSYNC phase, I was in my DMX phase. 
So every what, day, what a mix. <laughs> every day uh, during the summer, most days, I shouldn't say every, most days during the summer, my friends Dan Levan and Mike Sequoia would come over to my house. We would play Smash 64 up in my room. I would then get some money from my mom. We'd walk over to the Burger King, which is now a Dunks. Uh, I yep. get I'd get a a double hamburger big kids meal with an orange soda, and then we'd walk over to the Dairy Queen. I'd get a vanilla Blizzard with nerds, and we'd go back and play more Smash. Like it didn't get better than that. I was I I love how like your your memory is so distinct and everything how you start on I. I can only commend you for it, man. Ask me what I ask me what I ate for breakfast yesterday. No fucking idea. Oh, yeah, but you, you remember all the shit from fifteen years ago. I it's I tell you, I remember the weirdest things because I'm I'm a very nostalgia driven person, and I remember things around yeah. sporting events. So that's how I maintain a memory. Uh, but my number two is Mario Kart Double Dash. Mario Kart oh, Double okay. Dash on the GameCube. Um, a couple reasons. Number one, it's I didn't go iconic. And probably Mario Kart 64 is the most iconic. Um, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is not that far off, 20-something million seller. Um, but Double Dash is my favorite. And Double Dash, quite frankly, I have the fondest memories of. And the biggest memory I have of that is I started skateboarding right around when I um, started playing Initial D and when uh, Double Dash came out on GameCube. GameCube was my favorite console of PS2, GameCube, and Xbox. PS2 right behind it, maybe tied. Never owned a GameCube. Never owned. It. I own multiple. I have one. I'm looking at it right now. And uh, actually, I have Double Dash too, and that game's expensive nowadays. But Double Dash changed the formula where you, from Super Mario Kart and SM or and Mario Kart 64, where you could have two riders and you could switch between both drivers and you get two items at once and you could kind of team up the way you're, you know, with the, each, each character had their own custom item. I was always baby Mario and baby Luigi. That was my combo. Um, I know very original, but the biggest reason I have the attachment to that game and I love it as much as I do, not only do I love the mechanic of two drivers, not only do I think the tracks are amazing, especially DK jungle. Um, but Dude, when we were playing Initial D, do you remember when I bought that wheel? Yeah, for, so, for Initial D, yeah. So I bought the wheel for Initial D, and I and we I bought the Japanese version of Initial D, imported it in, played it on our PS2 with a freaking printed out translator because it was in Japanese. Yeah, I remember that. And the wheel, the wheel would extend over your thighs, so we sat down with the wheel, and it had a shifter on it, and it had a plug-in for Xbox, PS2, and GameCube, all three of them. So I had it for initial D one day TJ was over my house. So TJ and I were like, let's go play GameCube. Um, let's go play da- double dash. So we went upstairs. I had the, the wheel and I was like, let's plug this in. See if it, you know, plays better with the Boy. controller or the wheel. No, just like if it worked better than a controller. So he used the controller and I used the wheel. And you know me when I played initial D, how close I got to falling out of my seat when I would take a turn. And so oh, he'll go off your seat. And and Mario has a lot of drifting, a lot of twists and turns, especially Waluigi Stadium. Yeah. So uh I'm sitting there and I'm put I I use the I configured the drifting buttons to the uh shifting stick because there's no manual or automatic in Mario Kart. So when I wanted to drift, instead of hitting R, I would actually shift. So I was shifting while drifting, and it was the coolest feeling in the world. I felt like I felt like I was in an eight six going down Akina, dude. So to me, that memory of playing double dash with TJ and and don't get me wrong, Machi and Pino and you guys, all of us, but like really, 
course. Those specific TJ memories playing with the freaking wheel as opposed to the controller while he had the wave bird. What a game. Love Double Dash. That's awesome. My number one is the classic Mario Kart 64. Again, like, I, I think the only... The systems, like I, I had sixty four, probably PlayStation, like the longest. Like I still have them. Like they still work. Um, this is a game that it, it's the classics that you know. Toad was always my guy, and I, it was another game that was at the Gallant House where we always have tournaments. And even when we got older, when we were drinking, it, it became a drinking game where you couldn't finish the race unless you killed your being. So it, it kind of made the, even if like you knew the you know the shortcuts because you know Wood Pat he always knew every shortcut every stage. So the thing with him was you just have to beat him right and then just your beer faster and he went across the line. Because what we would do, we'd play the game until we're at the finish line, <laughs> chug the beer, and then and then cross the line. But yeah. Mario Kart 64, it's, it's still my favorite game to play. Like that and Super Smash, when the people over, when we have you know parties or whatever, that when everyone would just go to the 64 because I just feel like everyone knew that's where the most fun was. That's where everyone was laughing, having a great time. When I lived up in Horsham, uh, and you, Tommy, and Pope would come over. That's how we would play Mario 64. We would race it's, to the... You, you couldn't the cross line. the finish line until you finish your beer. So, yeah, that was always It's, it, it's the best rule. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. You heard it from here, folks. Just give us credit. Yeah, so, yeah, you can't finish the race until you finish your beer. Super fun way to play Mario Kart. If you're of age, so be, yes, be legal, drink responsibly, and don't drink do it. And don't do it now until you can have friends over again. Social distance, people. Yes. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. My number one is my favorite 2D Mario game ever. Uh, I'm going to go back to the platformers. I went one fighting game, one racing game. Got to th- show some love to my favorite genre in the world is the platformer. And that is, it's a specific one. So when you go into Super, Mario's, uh, Super Mario All-Stars for the uh, Super Nintendo, it comes with 16-bit remade versions of Super Mario Bros. 1, 2, 3, in some cases, Super Mario World, but also a little-known thing called Super Mario The Lost Levels. Um, that is Yeah, the, I remember you playing it. I never played it. Yeah, that is the Japanese Super Mario Brothers 2. So Super the Super Mario Brothers 2 we got in America was not actually supposed to be Super Mario Brothers 2. In Japan, they even call it Super Mario Brothers USA. And that is a remake of a game called Doki Doki Panic, which was a game around a circus that you were a mama, papa, and two kids. They repurposed those assets and made it Mario, Luigi, Peach, and Toad. That's the American version. The reason we got that game is because the Japanese version of Super Mario Bros. 2 was deemed too hard for American audiences. So so the Japan, the Japanese folks who had this game on the, the Nintendo uh, Super Nintendo disk drive uh, the the super I'm sorry the NES this Famicom disc drive I'm sorry, um, had it and said it's too hard for North Americans they can't beat it it looks way too similar to the first game it was pumped out very quickly after Super Mario Brothers but we never got that NES version here in the states we actually never got any version of it until All Stars came in 1993 so five to six years later. We never saw this game. And even then, there was no real internet or anything like that. So if you didn't know, you just thought to yourself, oh, cool, it's this little bonus game they threw in that's really hard. You didn't know that it was an actual Japanese game. And so I had never played the game 
Um, well, it was too hard for when I was younger. I never beat it when I was younger. But then when I re-got my SNES when I was in my 20s, I got my hands on All-Stars. Actually, Ashley had a copy of All-Stars from when she was a kid that I got. Wow. So the version of All-Stars that I currently own and play is hers from when she was a kid. And so, um, you know, obviously I love speedrunning Mario games. And when I beat SMB, well, I call it SMB2J. It's uh, the Lost Levels. When I beat this game, I was, first of all, it took me hours. I was floored. Now I can get it down to just a couple, like, I can beat it in like nine minutes warped and I think like 32 warpless, um, 36 maybe I think might be my PB. But like it's hard as sin. And there's also after level eight, there's the world nine, A, B, C, and D. So there's not, there's five extra worlds to the game that are hidden that you have to get to. But regardless, you can play as Mario like as customary, but the reason I love it so is because you can actually choose to play as Luigi as the main character. Luigi does not stop on a dime like Mario does, so his physics are a little bit like he's on ice, but he jumps two to three times higher and farther than Mario does. So, like, there's the give and take. So, not only do... And, you're, and Luigi's your boy. He's my, he's my second favorite character behind Waluigi. So, go figure. Yeah. Um, so, like, for all of those reasons, for the difficulty, for the speed runs, for the freaking lure behind it, uh, for the fact that it's arguably the most frustratingly amazing Mario game I've ever played. Super Mario Bros. The Lost Levels from the All-Stars version, very specific, is my number one. Whew. Ready to go. Ready. Man, I, I thought it was going to be the original. So yeah. I, uh, you got me on that one. We have some from our listeners, though, too. I want to pull those up real quick. Um, thank you so much. We put it out to our social media for, uh, hey, listen, we'll read yours on the air if you'd like to... Uh, if you'd like to join in, and we actually had some folks that joined in. So I'd like to take just a moment here and read um, some of the answers. So I'm pulling those up now. Here we go. So we have four, three or four. Um, one, two, three. We have four. So four people wrote into us and gave us their top three Mario games. So I'll start off with Alan Santos for the second time being mentioned in this show. Alan Santos is number three, a super, I'm sorry, Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door which is the Paper Mario for cool. the GameCube. Number two for Super Nintendo, Super Mario World. And number one, Super Mario 64. And ah, nice. Andrew nice. Clark, for sure. Andrew Clark, his number three, Super Mario Sunshine. His number two, the original Super Mario Bros. Love you. And his number one. I thought that was going to be yours. And number one, Mario 64. Nice. Uh, Mike, Mike Respass, he was on this show too back when we were at Stone and Key Sellers doing a live episode there. His number three for the Super Nintendo is Mario Paint, which is actually a really fun game. Number two, Mario Kart 64. And nice. number one, Super Mario World. And then our oh, boy... the first one? Yeah. Uh, no, Super Mario World, the Super Nintendo version. Uh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Our boy Tyler, the corner view, wrote into us and said, my number three, Super Mario 64. My number two, nice. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. So giving the Switch some love. And number one, didn't expect this one, Mario Tennis for the Nintendo 64. Wow, as his number one. As his number one. I would have thought that would have been a number three. Huh. Uh, you used to, to play that game. I, uh, I, like it. I still play that game, dude. It's it's uh, yeah. hard. It's hard when Where you get to like, the Bowser Cup. Top ten? 
Oh, no. I actually like the Switch Mario Tennis Aces. I even like that better. Um, heck, the GameCube one might be better. I think Mario Golf's are all better than tennis. I think Mario Strikers are better. I think Mario Superstar Baseball is better. So tennis to me is probably top 25 to somewhere in there. Not bad, not bad. All right, let's get some bad news going. Yeah, we got two two bad two it, bad stories. The Last of Us Part 2 delayed indefinitely. I am so glad, wow. Sam, that we decided to do a bonus episode for our patrons around the first Last of Us uh, next week, and then this news happens. Yeah, yeah, and I, it, it was the main, one of the main reasons why I wanted to beat the game so fast, because you, you said, you're like, okay, I'll give it to you, you beat it quick, because you wanted to beat it, so you could remember the game to get ready for two, and I didn't expect to beat this game that fast, I was like, cool, I'll give it to Greg, oh, come, next one comes out May, and Salty Face. Yeah, I'm starting it tonight when I'm done editing the show. Um, so it'll be late, probably around 11. I'll get started, so hopefully play like an hour or two. And um, I, uh, man, now granted, it's still two months away. So we, who knows where we're going to be in two months? I'd imagine in the in a very similar place. I was like, I'm probably going to be talking to you in the same seat. In yeah. Two <laughs> um, but at the same time, it's two months away, and I, while I applaud. Sony for doing it. Here's here's where normally if they're like, all right, we got to polish the game and this, that, and the other, and they have to delay it, we're fine with it. But the real reason yeah. behind this delay is money. And they they pretty much flat out said it. And they said the game is basically done. We're in the final bug tests. But the reason that Sony wants to delay it, this apparently was was a decision from Sony Interactive Entertainment, not Naughty Dog. Um basically it's it's financial because we don't know there's so many game stores that are shut down amazon is yep. fucked so they're going to have a hard time moving <laughs> copies of this game physically you know digital downloads are great and everything but digital downloads not everybody downloads Dude, I'll ga- wait. right not everybody downloads I'll games wait. still so yeah. um you know for me i downloaded animal crossing digital and i'm i'm happy for it because pokemon sword is still in my switch so i can just go back and forth between them i'm actually slowly converting over to digital so and, um, and okay and i'm gonna knock all wood for you here so amazon's not fucked because i'm still hoping that i get my <laughs> final fantasy from them dude that, me, that, that, literally that's my birthday present i bought for myself me I, me too i get i'll give you one dollar it'll be my birthday present to you um <laughs> thank, thank you for your guidance i you know and they said we're not you know with the troubles of shipping and manufacturing and all this stuff we just don't want to send this game out now because it we just don't you know, they didn't say this part, but it just because they don't think it's going to sell as well. And I get it. I totally get it. But you know what this tells me? 100%, even though they haven't made the announcement. As a matter of fact, they just announced the release date. I think 100% Ghost of Tsushima is getting delayed as well from June 29th or whatever it is. Do you think they're going to push that back also? 100%, dude. No, no doubt about it. If we're still in this, if we're still in this position, they're waiting, but if we're still in this position come May 1st, forget about it. Oh, dude, I think this is definitely going past May 1st. Oh, 100%, dude. This is going to June minimum. We're not going to get sports till July. Minimum. Yeah, that's, I, I already kind of had that in my mindset, you know what I mean? Just so I don't disappoint myself, get my hopes up. Yeah, I mean, like this to me... it's just like it sucks. Like I, I, I see. I see. I 100% agree why they did it. But at the same time, I'm like, well, everyone's stuck inside, so maybe more people would have bought it digitally. 
you know, like myself, like, you know, I've never bought the first Last of Us. So for me, maybe I would have bought that digitally just because I'm home. You know, you got to figure that's in May. I was already in my house for almost two months. I'm going crazy a little bit. I want to, you know, take my mind off it. And what a perfect way would have been for the Last of Us Part 2. That's why Animal Crossing is the success that it is. Without, and I don't mean to say this, like, in a negative way, but oh, some somebody at Nintendo is kind of like, they feel really shitty because they're like, God damn, this is really successful because of this virus. And I don't mean it like the game wouldn't have sold, but there's no way this game would have sold what it did if people weren't stuck in their homes. There's just no doubt in my mind. Oh, and I'm, I've, I've been seeing people on Twitter saying like how many hours you logged in. I've seen 15, 20, 30. I was like, holy shit. So I'm at 25. Um, <laughs> so this, this girl I know, she, I grew up with her sister. She bought a switch just because of this virus. And she was like, listen, I'm going to be inside. I might as well get this game. She only has animal crossing, right? Yeah. 70 hours. Oh my God. Shriver's above that. So it's just, that's how, you know, even in when, listen, when I'm not, when Helena's asleep and I'm not doing this show, I'm playing animal crossing. So, uh, I, I get it. You know, I get it. Uh, yeah. I mean but, that or Pokemon. Yeah. I actually stopped. I was playing, uh, ultra sun again, like trying to get, finally get through it. And I'm so frustrated at this fucking game and how like much gen seven has been a disappointment that I actually just threw my 3ds across the room. And I was like, fuck this. I'm done. I'm going to take a little time away from Pokemon. Just take it a little time away. Um, Oh, I think that's a good thing. A nice little divorce for for a year or so, but uh, well, until the DLC comes out, so maybe just till June. Um, I you know with when it comes to the Last of Us, I'm right there with you. Like this game would have been bought day one for me digitally. Um, simple yeah. as that. I have been looking so forward to this, and it was the saving grace. It was the one thing. Like think of it this way, right? There's no other games on the map. Besides Ghost of Tsushima Final Fantasy. in June. So this was my number two. This was my number two. Right. You're number one, my number two. Right. So for me, there was no Final Fantasy. It's not an option for me. I'm not yeah. I'm not playing that game. So I'm not buying it at least. So like for me, it was like in this fucked up world that we live in right now, yeah. we, where we don't know when sports are going to continue, when we don't know when we're going to be able to set, step foot in a mall or go back to the office or see each other. I had somebody come over my house today to say hello through the door. They stood on the other side of the glass. You have to drop things off to me in my mailbox. Yeah, you figure I I picked it up in your mailbox. I dropped the glasses back off. Hey, is how we had to do it. You you helped me out today. Print something out from and dropped it in my mailbox. Like that's how we have to live. I feel like we're in Waterworld. It's crazy. So, yeah, I, but hey, at least we're actually listening. Like, on like some other people that are up at the damn playground playing basketball and soccer, and my jackass. Hey, well, I will tell you this: Philly just instituted a hundred dollar fine for people that don't do it. So, if you get Good. caught up there, they can Good. finally they can finally stop this shit. But I agree with you. But anyway, Good. that with all these unknowns in the world, The Last of Us was that thing. It was that thing to cling to and look forward to, and you know it's going to be great. Yep. And it's a huge AAA game. And ironically, it's about the end of the world, which is what we're all facing now. And like, it was this, it was this, now here's the damning thing is they delayed it indefinitely. Now, do I think that when this whole virus is over, they're waiting like three weeks and saying, all right, it's coming out because the game's done. Like, let's call it what it is. So, 
Uh, this is going to be the game is probably ninety seven percent done. They said that it's there's no release date that they don't want to put a new one on there, and that to me is smart yeah. because they why put a new release date on there if you might have to delay it again? Just wait until this shit's over. Give us a month or three weeks so you can get the marketing material out. It, it, and, it's and you're done. It's just that word in, indefinitely. It's just a strong word, you know. But the only reason it's there is because we don't know when the virus is going to end. If it's yeah, tomorrow, if we flatten this curve tomorrow, they'll undelay it. That's it. It's simple as that. They'll come back out May 29th. Like, but we know that's a 0% possibility. Yeah. So that's why it's indefinite. Exactly. So does it yeah. suck? Yes. Do I now have to like, you know, is it the worst thing in the world? Listen, I still can finish Luigi's Mansion 3. I can still finish Yoshi. There are other games that I can go through the backlog and finish. Oh, you're fine. But this was the game that I was like, let me take a break from Nintendo. Let me get that gritty third person fucked up shooter, you know, action kind of adventure. Like, that's what I wanted was that Naughty Dog PS4 exclusive. You know how long it's been since I've played a great PS4 exclusive? Spider-Man. So, like, I'm due. I was like, that or God of War. But God of War, I played, God of War was April. Spider-Man was September. So, it's it's been Spider-Man. So, for you, it was... The Last of Us, because you just played it for the first time. You have that fresh yep. in your mind. I've played The Last of Us. Oh, I've dude, played. What, dude, I'm ready to go. Like, all right, I, <laughs> I got to go. I understand this whole effed up story. I know the DLC now. I know what she did. So, okay, I, I understand the whole story now. Yeah. And I know Shriver's hurting, too. Shriver's hurting, too. Oh, Shriver. Oh, he's crying over there. Oh, my God. I feel I so bad. I feel so bad for him. He's he's He had a meme of him drinking bleach. <laughs> <laughs> like holy shit hang man. in there buddy hang in there yeah but be rest assured oh, that the word indefinitely should not be taking should not be taken like scared it should just simply yeah. be when this virus is over we're gonna get three weeks to a month the game will be out in our hands yeah and we got another delayed we got the iron man vr um not much Which to I say know, you said you were were you interested in that i don't have a vr machine i don't have psvr so like this was I, I like anything of this ilk. It's cool, but I don't have VR to play yeah. it. So to me, this was just like all shucks as opposed to, oh, I'm devastated because yeah. I won't be able to play yeah. it. To me, this was just like, all right, throw this one on the pile. Yeah, that's it. That's all this was. Yeah. Right, next up, we got two impressions. We'll start off with the Miles and Kilo 3DS. Um, this is my fourth impressions uh, podcast about Miles and Kilo. The uh, game from Four Horses. Every game. damn console. Yeah, we we had the developer on Mick Waits uh, on the podcast for an interview two years ago. Go through our bonus episodes to check that out. It's a lot of fun. We uh, interviewed him from over. He was over in England, and uh, we lost connection thirty three times. So that editing was super fun. Um, that took. But but we made it work. That took a long time to edit, but the game is out on 3ds. It dropped, and thank you to Four Horses Games for the review code. Um, I'll keep it simple because if you've listened to this show for a long time, you know, my love for miles and kilo, it's my number 51 on my top 50 games of all time. It just missed my list. Um, and it's one of my favorite indie games on the Nintendo switch, probably top four indie game up there with Celeste golf story and mighty Gunvolt burst. I just absolutely love miles and kilo and to play it on 3ds. I was like, okay. Just another way to play it. Let me 100% it on the, on 3DS and just kind of move forward. And then I played it. And I was like, this looks a little different. And I'll tell you, the 3DS is the optimal way to play this game. There's 
Wow, I didn't think you would say that. Even though it's a smaller screen and it's a little handheld, this game was meant for that. And there's two reasons why. And it's very simple, and I'll keep it short. The first reason, they zoom out. Um, the switch okay. ver- the switch version looks great, and it's actually a perfect perspective. But then you play the 3DS version, and it's just a little further out, so you can see a little bit further ahead of you of what's to come, so you can react a little bit easier. And also, it doesn't feel so... Uh, I don't say smushed is the word, but it doesn't feel like the perspective is so, like... 16 by nine. Like it's, it's, it actually looks really good. You can see more landscape. You can see more of the sky, a little bit more of what's ahead of you. So I actually think it looks the best and it performs the best in 3ds. And then the second reason is you turn that 3d slider up and you actually turn the 3d on. It looks wild. It looks trippy cool. in 3d. So, and that's how you're playing it, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a mind fuck because if you, t- if you tilt the system at all left or right, it throws your vision off and to play a really hard platformer with your, with your depth perception fucked with is, is difficult. Yeah. So you try to keep the console as still as possible, but um, it's added a little extra challenge because, you know, I can't keep the console still all the time, but yeah, it's to me, this is the optimal way to play it. And, and congratulations to four horses. Cause you made a, damn good game and i just i hope that everybody can play it xbox one it's coming to ps4 it's on the nintendo switch it's on mobile and it's on 3ds so there's a million ways to play this game it's like four bucks or five bucks something like that it's not expensive dive in it's fucking awesome you won't regret it i promise you that and your next impression is venture kid this game it's a Mega Man style 2d platformer shooter action adventure type game uh, where you beat eight levels and then each level has a boss and then you get a power up and then you go up into space and you finish the final three levels or two depends on if you get the good ending of the bad. So you want to talk about a Mega Man clone. It's a Mega Man clone yeah. in the best yeah, way. I thought you're almost like describing a Mega Man. Yeah, for, I literally was. And um, I'll tell you, this game was zero dollars and zero cents. I did not Get it for free as a review code. So this is not a hashtag free game, hashtag free product, hashtag not a sponsor. And um, the game was on sale for like, I think a dollar on the Nintendo eShop. Oh, wow. And I had gold points. I had like 300 gold points from buying Animal Crossing. So I had $3 in credit. So I just got it for free. Um, I used my credit. Nice. So I had a free game. So I bought it and I played it. And I was because I saw the screenshots. I love anything 2D. I love platformers and I love Mega Man. So this game was right up my alley. And yeah. I play it and I beat it in two hours. And it was pretty difficult the first time through because it doesn't tell you anything. Like there's no, hey, this power up is. I can see. I, but I like that. That's old school. It's kind of just play it, turn it, and figure it out. That's, That's right. This is gaming. this is very. I mean, it's eight bit. This is Nintendo eight bit yeah. graphics too. So like, I, I actually I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, it harkens back to the days of the NES where you just kind of got to read the manual or figure it out. But there is no manual, so uh, just figure it out. You just got to play. Yeah. Right. It doesn't tell you. Oh, hey, here's a boomerang. Um, it can get power ups that are stuck behind a wall. If you throw the boomerang, it'll catch them on its way back. It doesn't tell you that, but it puts one just out of your reach. So you have to think, how can I get it? Let me try the boomerang and boom, it works. So like it, it, That's awesome. it helps you through that. And, uh, it's got a collectible treasure in each level. And if you get all eight collectible treasures, you actually get a final hidden stage. You actually get the good ending and get to fight the boss 
at the at the final stage. If not, you actually lose the game, but you beat it. You beat it, but you don't win. If that makes sense, it's really yeah, no, trippy. I, I, dude, I, that's actually a great idea. I like that. Yeah. So it it was really fun. Like I said, it's like a dollar right now on the eShop. Price points, right? I'll tell you, and I think it's only three or four dollars, or maybe five, when it's not on sale. So you really can't beat the price. I give it my huge thumbs up. This is a nine out of ten. Um, I beat it. It's so it's got achievements too. It's got, by the way, it's got an easy, normal, and difficult. So you know, it's got difficulty levels. Um, yeah. And so I beat it, and as I'm playing, I get achievements, and it's like beat the beat a level without getting touched, beat a level without killing an enemy, get to the boss and kill the boss without getting hit. Um, you know, collect all the treasures, beat the game without collecting a single treasure, stuff like that. And I'm like, holy shit, there's 40 achievements. And I'm like, all right, Greg's got to go through this whole game and, and 100%. Like, that's just what's got to happen. Yeah. Cause you're a completed. And I saw one of the achievements was beat the game in under 45 minutes. And I said, challenge a fucking septic challenge accepted of course. so i stayed up last night until i stayed up last night until i did it i did it on my second try um 36 minutes i think so then i was like all okay. right so I, I went from two minutes to 36 minutes in a day so i was like all right uh i'm sorry wow. two two hours to 36 minutes so i was like all okay. right okay i'm getting the hang of this shit so uh i went on speedrun.com and i looked up the world record speedrun time yeah and i was like how can i I got to beat this game. I'm seven minutes off world record or something like that. So I'm like, all right, practice, this, brother, practice. This, this might be a game where I'd speed run it in my spare time because I still speed run all the time. Eat I just back. don't do it. I never Eat do back, it. On, I can't do it on stream, but I still speed run a lot. But uh, this is a game that has we the, gotta get you back on. we got to get you back on stream. It's got its hooks in me. I love it. It's called venture kid. Um, if you want a screenshot of the box art or whatever, it's on our Facebook on and on our Instagram. Facebook is just We Podcast. We know things, and our Instagram is at We Podcast and We Know Things, all one word. Check it out for yourself, Venture Kid on the Nintendo Switch. There is a growing belief that the next gen consoles will not be delayed. Thoughts? <sighs> I still think that they're. If anything, I think. The PS5 has a slimmer chance than the Series X. I think the Series X will um, probably still come out this year, no matter what. Phil Spencer went on. Oh, wow. oh. Phil, Phil Spencer went on podcast unlocked on IGN and did a forty-five minute interview, and um, he feels confident and and everything. So, if anything, Series X could still come out. I think PS5 has a greater chance of getting delayed. I just. To release a five hundred dollar machine into the economy that we have and will and will come back to, is a tough sell. Um, no, no, it, it is. In twenty twenty, it, it, it's tough right now. It could be maybe make it to early twenty twenty one just to be safe. Let people recoup, maybe get that tax re, you know refund or your you know your tax tax return. This this is crazy, um, but I would not be shocked if we either have a double March. A February or March, and a March or yeah. or a March or May, like a March and a May. Like I wouldn't be surprised if if they wait until you know Q two, late Q one, twenty twenty one, and I just think to releasing yeah, it. I would I would say March April is. I, I think that's that's a nice window. You know, the Nintendo Switch. You know, a lot of consoles release in the holiday so they can capitalize on the Christmas sales, and I think that that's what they still want to do. 
uh, with this console generation, but I think Christmas is going to be a lot different for people this year. I think the holidays in general, uh, if we have yeah. them. And Christ, my birthday is basically getting canceled. <laughs> and guess what? Mine will too. As simple as that. I'm only a month after you. So I imagine mine, mine's okay. going to as well. And, um, you know, I just sang happy birthday to an eight year old over Zoom. So, you know, that's just what it is. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I, I just, I don't know if it's feasible to put out this console now. So I think that they're still going to get delayed. If they don't, though, if for some reason this report holds up and these consoles somehow come out this year, my guess is that the stock. Uh, and the sh- and like the actual console are going to be in very 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 short demand. I don't know if they're going to have a ton to manufacture just because of the parts coming from China. Uh, yes. So. Yep, I agree. Definitely going to be a coin flip. SGDQ delayed until August, but they'll be doing a weekend marathon in April for co- coronavirus relief. And we were waiting for this as we kept reporting. Calithon and ESA and other places coming out with their coronavirus marathons. We've said for multiple weeks, like when's GDQ jumping on the train? So they decided that they will do one. GDQ will be doing an online marathon, Corona relief done quick. So CRDQ uh, from from April 17th to the 19th, 100% of all donations will go straight to direct relief. So you can go to gamesdonequick.com for more. So a three-day marathon for GDQ. But the sad news is that Uh-oh. is that uh, SGDQ, like you said, has been delayed. Um, SGDQ is usually the last week of June into early July. They've now delayed it to mid-August. That'll now take place August 16th to the 23rd. So another month and a half to wait for SGDQ. That makes me very sad. That's their thought, but I'm glad that they stepped up and they're donating 100% donated proceeds to the coronavirus relief. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. Square Enix announces a remake for the 2010 Nier. Yeah, Nier in 2010, not a lot of people are familiar with the original Nier. A lot of people, when you think Nier, think of its sequel, Nier Automata. Um, But Nier is kind of getting a remake remaster from square Enix now to kind of shed the light and love on it that it's so deserved for all those years. So it's good to see that the original near is going to get like that treatment for a brand new audience. And the game that everybody else does know near autonomy is actually coming to Xbox game pass. So if you've never played it and you have game pass, now you can play it for free. Perfect time. Ubisoft is giving people free games. Boy, howdy. Do we need it? Um, all you have to do is sign up for Ubisoft's like fan club or UB direct or whatever it's called. It's a little subscription service. You don't have to pay for it. Um, and if you do that, they'll give you a bunch of games and demos for 30 days. So might as well take advantage. You should. It's free for me. Gamescom announces that it will still happen digitally. Yeah, the live conference is still unknown. Yeah, because Gamescom is in the summer. We don't know if that's going to take place. It's in Germany, and we know that Germany and the surrounding area of Europe, Italy, Spain, they get rocked hard Yep, uh, with coronavirus outbreaks. So we don't know if they're going to still do a live conference. I'd imagine not, um, and they already have the backup plan. So instead of canceling like E3 had to, they're actually going to put on the entire conference digitally. So I would expect another Microsoft press conference, maybe not as big 
Uh, but Microsoft generally does go to Gamescom and bring on some things. I don't think a Nintendo Direct will happen, and I don't think Sony will attend at all. But I think Microsoft is going to take uh, probably a 30 to 90 minute conference, and a, or maybe not a conference, a digital event, um, and do their thing. I think that you're going to see Ubisoft and Square and Bethesda uh, jump in the ring with just a couple of announcements. Maybe a PS5 announcement here and there. I, I just don't see it happening. Um, I still think PS5 has really fucked up their messaging here of the PS5 and the delivery and the and the unveiling. I they've really blown it pretty hard. Um, so I just don't know what that's going to look like. But good for Gamescom for not just canceling, and good for them for kind of having that foresight to switch the entire event to digital, so we can still enjoy a conference. Yeah, yeah, smart move. Atari announces Pong Quest, a new Pong game with a twist. Hey, so Sam, if if aliens came down from from space, landed at your front step, knocked on your door, and said, "Sam, what is Pong?" What would you tell them? Get off my porch. <laughs> <laughs> um, a Pong game. You, you hit a you hit a ball over the thing. That's it. So you hit a ball over the thing, that's it, right? That's all you would tell them? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Figure it out on your own. Pretty simple, right? It's two two sticks. You move up and down, and you try to outscore the other guy. Well, that little stick that you play with, they're turning that into a character, and now it's going to be an RPG. It's not going to be an RPG. Yeah, they're making... <laughs> Pong Quest, an RPG uh, uh, based on the flipper from Pong. Uh, I, I don't even know what to say to that. It's it's wild. It, it's wild, but just play Pong. Uh, <laughs> just go play Twin Breaker. Go play Twin Breaker. Yeah, you, yeah you gave a nice review of it. Yeah, it's a great game. Oh, bastards. Final Fantasy VII Remake is kind of a big deal. Yeah, uh, it's going to be over 100 gigs. So <laughs> That was Sam spitting out oh, his drink. Shit. So, yeah, I, I just choked on my water. So, um, so yeah, Sam, That means I'm probably going to have to delete everything. Yeah, I was going to say, what do you have to delete on your PS4 to make this game fit? Probably The Last of Us, all the Uncharted, and probably Spider-Man. Ooh, he's going to give Spider-Man the axe. Ooh. Yeah, I'll keep, I'll keep God of War. I'll keep Devil May Cry. I mean, I'll keep, if, I, if I could squeeze all three of them, you know, I'll, I'll play the game. I'll, I'll look at everything, see what I can make. I'll keep everything what I can, but I already know sacrifices are going to have to be made. Yeah, 100 gigs. Uh, Sam has a 500 gigabyte console, and like 80 of those are from the UI alone, so you already have like 400 to play with, and then, like you said, you already have a lot of those games. So, But this is... Uh, going to be a huge game. I mean, they said it's 100 gigs because they, they rebuilt uh, Midgar with all new assets and every section got new assets and every section has music and every section has this, that, and the other. So, like, it's going to be a beefy experience. I just can't get over the fact that you're going to get a full 20 to 30 to 40 hour game out of the first six hours of the freaking original. So, that's a good thing and a bad thing. I mean, they could stretch this out into four parts if they wanted to and suck $200 out of your pocket before you can play the damn remake. And they'd get it too. And you'll, and you'll buy all the digital editions, the freaking 
the the $80 ones because they have extra shit. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I may not buy it for the rest of them, but for this one, I was like, you know what? I need a cool PS, you know, a PlayStation background. So screw it. Why not? Yeah. Only 20 bucks. And also you thought that it would get to you earlier because not a lot of people bought it. And uh, that's still in well, jeopardy. Well, well, I mean, well, I was going to say that. And well, the main reason was when I went to pre-order it, you, they were, it was currently unavailable for the regular edition. And the only thing they had was the deluxe. So they're in fault. I had to get it. <laughs> Bethesda will not have a digital E3 event this year. They always, wow. well, for the last like couple of years, I think 2015, they started doing a press conference every year. And every year they kind of get shit on because they bungled Fallout 76 or they they made Rage 2 their big game. Like they don't really have a ton of amazing announcements that probably don't deserve a press conference anyway, but they want to be front and center for a night. So they have a press conference. And we've seen Ubisoft, they're switching to digital. We know Nintendo's going to do it direct. We know Microsoft, they're going to do a digital E3 presentation as opposed to, you know, skipping it. But Bethesda said, whoa, whoa, you know what? We're not going to do anything. We're going to spread our announcements out throughout the rest of the year and stagger that. And to me, much smarter move than trying to force things into a digital presentation that just don't belong there. I mean, smarter move, but now it just, E3 just looks like it's going away. E3 is going to, I mean, if there is an E3 2021, man, I think that a lot of these companies are just going to learn they didn't need E3. E3 is for the indie developer. It's for the people that are trying to recruit people for jobs. It's for the people that want to get into the games industry. It's for those backdoor meetings and those like behind closed door events and things. E3 is not the showcase for these giant games because Microsoft, Sony, Sony bounced. Nintendo stopped doing press conferences five years ago. They don't need it. And honestly, yeah. this is going to show these companies you can do these things on your own. That Mark Cerny presentation where he gave the specs of the PS5 in the most boring hour of your fucking life last week, yeah. as shitty as that was, had 60 million views. Yeah. People, and I, I did check the view count. I was like, God damn it. People want to see it. Dude, people are thirsty for this yeah. shit. So they don't need E3. So, um, you know, where I do feel bad for the folks that do need it and those people that count on it to stay alive, these fledgling businesses that go for a last ditch, that's going to suck. But they'll shift that resource to another convention because there will always be a convention. The ESA said that E3 generates 50% of their revenue. The ESA is also the damn uh, – the. I mean like they – they influence games a lot, but I don't know if they can survive without E3 if it generates 50% of the revenue. So I just don't know if E3 will ever, ever be the same again. Yeah, I don't think so either. Huge news, though. Sony donating $100 million to COVID-19 research. And it's, you know, it's Sony, not PlayStation. Not It's the Sony brand. So we could have put this in movies, yeah. could have put this in gaming. But this is a great story and something that deserves a lot of attention. They're starting a fund. So it's not like they're just handing over $100 million. They're starting a fund that they're allocating to three different places, $10 million here, $50 million here, $40 million here, and $100 million is going to go out to fighting this virus. And if, you know, I saw Bryce Harper today donated 500000 of his money. Al Horford is That's donating. Awesome. Al Horford's donating 50000 or 500000 of his own money. And I'm thinking to myself, it sucks that these athletes, I mean, it's great that they're doing it, but it sucks that they're the ones that are doing it and not their billionaire owners. Um, 
as no di- true as die hard of a sports fan as I am, I applaud all the owners of any sports team that have done something so far. But I say to myself, you, your athletes are making you look stupid if they're the ones doing it and you're not. Now I get it. People can do whatever they want with their money. People have freedom of choice. You don't become yeah. a billionaire by spending. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, so while I understand that it's, it's moves like this one that Sony made because a hundred million dollars is nothing to sneeze at. That's an extraordinarily high oh, amount of money. You. So like you had Nintendo donating the masks last week. You have Microsoft who is definitely going to be doing something now. You'd, you'd have to think they better, they better be doing it. They can't be the only freaking company not doing it. You had Disney's executives taking pay cuts. Now I don't know if that's, if they're spinning that, into a positive and if they're taking that money that they're that there's forfeiting and putting that to COVID-19 or if they're just taking the pay cut and Bob Iger is going to take 100% of his salary I think he said and donate it like that's cool but you have all these big companies doing something so like that's the stuff that's the glue holding us together right now not these daily press conferences not the dumb shit our politicians have been saying for the most part a lot of them not all of them it's these huge kindness acts and acts of generosity that are showing us that this world ain't so fucked. Um, and it's, it's great to see. And we just got to hope. We just got to believe I, like, like all things we will get through it. I will take over for gay or for movies and television. I'm tired of talking. So I'm looking forward to Sam getting to talk now. Uh, <laughs> we have a couple, no wait, we only have one review in movies. Uh, and, one. And it is for the Jesus, the Jesus rolls, which is the, uh, yeah, I know John Totoro, uh, the spinoff, spinoff of the big Lebowski of the Jesus who yeah. was a pedophile for fuck's sake. And they made his own movie. Um, I think that's gonna, I think that's gonna show in this review, the Jesus rolls while a passion project for the writer, director, and star, uh, is unclear what Totoro wanted to do. Did he want to remake Going Places or do a Jesus follow-up? It comes off as a flat fever dream. The famous faces are fun at times, and there's a wee bit of mischief charm or misfit charm, but in the end, it's clumsy and churlish. Ugh. Oh, uh, five zero. Yeah, five zero. Damn, that's a shame. It's a well, it's a movie I'll they, never. They, yeah, I'm in no rush to see that at all. I could see myself never watching it. Like the movies on I watch, I saw Knives Out, so that's off my list. The movies that I'm like, I still, I still never seen it. The movie I'm look, looking forward to right now in order is Onward, which is coming to Disney Plus by the time you hear this pod. Um, uh, Uncut Gems, um, Jojo Rabbit. So- so good. Uncut gems. Yeah. Oh my God. Jojo rabbit. And I want to rewatch parasite. So they're the movies. I'm I still, I still got to watch that too. Yeah. They're the movies. I'm really looking forward to the Jesus rolls does not fall on that list. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is in talks to star in a dragon's layer film, which is based on the not so good video game. Um, all you got to know is if you watch stranger things season two in the arcade scene in the very first episode, dragon's layer is the yep. game. The kids are playing. So yep. take that um, for what it's I'm worth. I'm kind of down for this. To see Ryan Reynolds as a guy who tames and hunts, or as like a knight with yeah, dragons. He's, he's a knight that goes re- re- rescues a princess from a dragon. Yeah. I don't know. They, 
I, I believe it is, and if, if I'm correct, they did it on retro replay because I just watched it. Well, no, you're you're correct, but I mean, like, I don't know if I'd be down to see a movie about that. Like, if I mean, Dragons, Ryan Reynolds, ah, I'm in. If it's a comedy, I'm in. If it's Ryan Reynolds trying it's to play, Ryan Reynolds. but yeah, but Ryan Reynolds could do serious. He could. I knew, no, he is. I, he was good and buried. I actually liked that movie. But yeah. I, I think Noel Reynolds and what this movie is, the kind of the, the game was kind of like goofy. I think it's definitely going to be a comedy. I get claustrophobic just from thinking about the movie Buried. Whew. Yeah, that, that was a crazy one. <laughs> Hobbs and Shaw 2 is in development. I mean, no surprise, um, even though, you know, I, we talked about before with Tyree shit on, first shit on it, that the movie ain't going to make money, it lost money, then in the end, why not make it over $800 million? Um, I don't know if you saw this, The Rock was on, I did an IG live video, um, maybe like four days ago, where he made his ginormous pieces of French toast and basically got drunk on camera drinking his tiramisu uh, tequila, and then people were asking him questions, and then he kind of just, you know, told some cool stories and kind of said, you know, Yep, we're uh, it's in development now. We're kind of figuring out what direction we're going to go next, and you know, and figure out what's you know, like thankfully we can all work from home and kind of figure this out. So, I mean, I knew the sequel was coming. It was just only a matter of time. The Rock getting that liquid courage, man. You get loose lips over there. It was funny. He was was actually really funny. Everyone was like, "Are you actually going to get drunk on camera?" He said, "Oh, it won't be the first time." Oh yeah, (laughs) he was. He was really cool, man. That's really. It, It was funny. I'll have to go back and watch that. It's already gone. Fair enough. Venom 2's release date <laughs> stays put amidst other Sony film delays. We'll get into the delays when we get to the wait. It's the yeah. hardest part. But uh, Venom 2's release date I, stays. I, I, It's too early to tell. Um, I think the main reason they want to do that, I don't know if they want to shoot. Like, I know they push Morbius back. So maybe they have a scene that in Venom that'll tie to Morbius or if there was a scene that was Morbius that tied to Venom, they might have to cut that now because of, of the delay. So if it's like that, I could see the movie being delayed after Morbius. I what's what was it supposed to be? Is it October? Um I I can check real quick. I yeah. think it was but I, I, Morbius was supposed to come out first. Yeah I know. It's supposed to come out semi in short order. I think I think Venom? I'm getting your October 2nd. Yeah, October, October 2nd. 2nd. Morbius is now March 19th, 2021. So Mor- Morbius is now coming out after Venom 2, which could be confusing yeah. if you're if you're right in your theory there. Oh, and, and also, Tom already signed on for three Venom films, so as long as this does good, you're getting the third one. There Sa- you go. South by Southwest is happening after all, thanks to Amazon. Uh, this just broke an hour or two before we started recording, so it's fresh off the presses. South by Southwest was previously canceled by uh, due to the coronavirus. It was one of the first large festivals canceled, and Amazon yeah. Amazon stepped up and said for 10 days, we don't know what day yet, we're hoping for late April, but for 10 days, we're going to put every movie that was going to be at South by Southwest on our platform, on Amazon Prime Video. And oh, by the way, we're making it free for everyone, not just Prime members. Wow. What an awesome move. Go ahead, Jeff Bezos. That's, it's it's Great amazing. Move. That's like some – because listen, I'm a gamer guy, right? So like to hear all these gaming stuff is great. But when you hear 
that a platform like Amazon is lending its resources to an, a previously canceled conference so more people for free can get eyes on something that was previously locked behind a ticket to South by Southwest, that's amazing. And all the filmmakers will be getting distribution checks for the amount of views they get. Oh, that's, that's great. And I also just read, right before we came on, actually, Jeff Bezos, he basically donated $100 million towards, like, fooding to, like, to fill up, like, uh, food shelters and stuff like that for, like, food donations. So it's good to see him stepping up here. That, that, that's awesome. Yeah, Amazon, I got to give credit to, you know, just in general, they have an amazing digital platform, and Prime Video doesn't get enough yeah. love as it is. So I will be 100% supporting these filmmakers, and any film that is, like, a two on my interest meter, I'm going to watch it just to, just to show some support. Yeah, exactly. Give, give them the view. As we move into the television section, uh, I have a review for Ozark Season 3, and I have impressions as we I, have finished it. Okay, should I put... Is, is there spoilers here? Because I didn't start this show yet. And I, I, if someone's going to give away something from Season 1 and 2, I'll, I'll take this phone away from my ear for a minute. Do I have to do that? No. Okay. So you're completely spoiler-free here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Netflix Ozark effectively expands the Bird family saga in season three with the help of compelling new characters like Felix Solis's Omar Navarro and Tom Pelfrey's Ben Davis. Marty and Wendy face their toughest opponent yet as they try to balance family with, with I'm going to say blank the blank blank. While some characters like the, <laughs> while some characters like the, I appreciate it. with some characters like the Bird Kids and Ruth Langmore storylines are less dynamic than in previous seasons. The creators have left the story wide open for an intriguing new chapter if the show is renewed. 85. 8-0. That's solid. I heard people have been saying good things. So how much do I love Ozark? You. Okay, I know you love it. And when I was talking to Alex, when you know, everyone's talking about this Tiger King stupid shit, I didn't watch a second yet. But he said, Sam, he's an F that stupid show. Stop everything and watch Ozark. I am telling you, that's one of the best shows I ever watched. Yeah. Season one is a 10 out of 10. It's an 11 out of 10. It's one of the best seasons of television I've ever watched. Season two, nine, nine out of 10. It's right up there. It's incredible. It drops a little bit because I don't think it could have just stood up to season one. Season one was just so good. At, it's a high bar. Um, season three was a little disappointing. Season three, okay. um, it kind of brought the show back down to earth a little bit for me because it was so, on such a high pedestal that it kind of normalized itself. It was kind of, to me at the end, a filler season. Um, I think you could have done the entire 10 episode run in about two episodes and then just gotten on with wow. the show. Gotten on with the story. Damn. I think there's a lot of filler in there. I think the last episode Two was. Episodes, yeah, you'll you'll see what I mean. The last episode I think was great, especially the last half of the last episode. I think it was great. Um, I think they tried a little too hard. I think that they shoved some characters into the background. I think there was a decision made in season two that Ashley and I disagreed with at the time and said this is going to come back to bite the show in the ass, and it one hundred percent did, and it's really showing its length in season three. With that being said, it's still better than 90% of TV shows. It was still, it was still, I'm going to, I'm going to, I might even start it this weekend. Dude, it was still really, really good. It just wasn't Ozark good. 
if that makes sense. So it kind of brought the show back down to reality. The way it ends totally sets you up for an amazing season four. Like can't wait. I'm going to be waiting a while, but, but can't wait. Assuming, assuming I'm sure it will get picked up. It's a ratings monster. So yes, it will get picked up. Um, you know, you remember the baseball player, Gary Sheffield? Of course. His kid liked my shit about Ozark. Oh, that's awesome. It was pretty wild. It's pretty wild. Uh, that's cool. But anyway, uh, you know, I, t- I tweeted out. I think it's a little disappointment. I think that, like I said, there were some wasted efforts, some wasted characters, some things that just didn't make logical sense. Like I looked at Ash, I was just like, plot hole. Like, come on now. And it didn't. It wasn't as sm- smart as I thought it should be. Like, see, you know how Breaking Bad, it felt like every single thing that was we placed. just about to say it wasn't Breaking Bad smart, right? It, 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 you yeah. know how, like, Breaking Bad feels like everything that you see is meant to be there? Like, there's no mistake? Yeah. That's what the first season and most of the second season is. Season three just felt a little bit, um, not sloppy, not the word, because it's still really good. But it just felt a little bit... Um, Dude, it felt like there were new writers or a new showrunner or something. It just felt it had a different vibe than the first two. And I don't want it to make it sound like I didn't like it. Like the eight is probably where I'm at. I'm probably at a seven. I'm probably at a seven, maybe a six and a half. Um, So it's still really good. It's still good. Yeah, it's just not Ozark good. But man, when you watch this show, just just tell my – just say, Greg, Alex, that's it. Appreciate you. (laughs) Because, I'll, I'll let you both know. Oh my god, dude, you're you're not going to be disappointed. But uh, Ozark season three, it's available now on Netflix. If you've never watched it, go back and check out the first two seasons, and then enjoy some season three. Everybody who I've talked to said they love season three. I think that's a little bit because they just loved Ozark and they didn't like want to give it the critical eye. I think as time passes, yeah, when this show's over, they're going to look back and be like, "Oh, season three was definitely the weak link," and I. This yeah, show's probably got, got this show's probably got five seasons before it's over. I'd imagine you can get another two seasons worth of content. I think, uh, but we'll see. Netflix officially renews Castlevania for season four. Yeah, if they didn't do this, I would have been devastated because season season three was a masterpiece. I I agree with the hundred percent rating on it. I to be honest, I think all three seasons have been perfect. I don't know what more you what it can expect from an animated show. Um, it's, just, it's a day one binge for me. Cannot wait. This will this will probably be the thing that I have on in the background as I'm editing this pod tonight. What, uh, Castlevania? Yeah, I'm probably going to go back and restart season two and just watch it through. Oh, so good. Dude, I, I, I won't even do that just because it's, it's just short and sweet and, and, and great. Just wait till you're done Ozark. Give it a little bit more time. Yeah, I, I do. I do want to get into it. Like, since the third season just dropped, I can binge for that thirty episodes. Thirty episodes, uh huh. And yeah, most so. of them, and most of them in season three are a full hour. Like they go, they give you content. Okay, cool. Lock and Key has been renewed for season two on Netflix. And, and this is another show that I don't know if I want to watch. I never read the comic. Um, I'm, I'm hearing mixed things. Uh, I know Machi's wife Lauren. She. She freaking loves it. She says it's fantastic. And then I heard another thing where people couldn't get into it. They didn't know they gave it like six episodes and they stopped. So I'm on the fence. I, I don't know yet. I'm a, I'm a hard on the fence too. Like I'm right there with you. Do I want to give it a shot? I mean, at the end of the day, you watch an episode, you make the decision and we have time, but like, I'm still weary. Yeah, 
we have plenty of time. I'm still weary. It's weird. You'd think yeah. I'd be all in, but, uh, I, you know. Uh, Ozark is at the top of my list. Per Variety, and this is also news that only dropped an hour or two after or before we started recording. Per Variety, HBO will be unlocking almost 500 hours worth of their content for free without an HBO subscription. You just go on the HBO Go or HBO Now app and you can watch it for free. That's what I'm talking about, HBO. Nice move. Dude, doing some great work here to help us all out in a rough time. Like, shout out to HBO for real. Like do that's we, that's great. Now, do we do we know any of the content that they unlocked for free, or they they did not release that yet? Ah, my friend. Of course, I have it. Um, the list of free programming is every episode of nine different HBO series: The Sopranos. Oh okay, I, I was always be my first one: Sopranos, Deadwood. No. Uh, what's the one with Dexter? Six Feet Under. Yes, Six Feet Under is on there. Boardwalk Empire? No. I Ooh. think they I think they wanted good shows. Oh, oh easy. <laughs> Boardwalk's got a great first season. I don't think it's got another good season. I could probably pick something out, but it's been a while. But you hit me with the list. I just figured there would, there would be some shows. You've missed a couple obvious ones. The Sopranos, Veep. Honorage. No. Veep, Succession, oh. Six Feet Under, The Wire. Nice. Ballers. Nice. Barry. Such a good show. Yeah. Oh, I can't recommend Barry enough. Silicon Valley, which another, it's got a great first season. Never watched it. It's got a great first season, maybe a good second, and then it falls hard. Uh, and then True Blood. They had a couple good seasons, and they really fell off. They're all, that's, for free, that's great. That's fantastic. They're not even done, my friend. Also, 20 different uh, Warner Brothers movies, including Detective Pikachu, the Lego, Mo- the Lego Movie 2, Crazy Stupid Love, and 10 different documentaries, including The Case Against Adnan Syed, which was the, uh, the serial podcast, and, yeah. Mc- and McMillions. That's awesome. All of it for nothing, dude. Good. All of it. Go ahead, HBO. And, and the, the HBO Go, the app's free. You don't have to pay anything. Just go great do move, it. HBO, great move. I, I, I'm so impressed. Like that's yeah. that's such a great call. Star Girl got its first poster for the DC Universe dropping May 18th. What'd you think of that poster? I know it's got some characters on there. Yeah, the poster looks cool. Again, it's not um, characters that I'm familiar with reading, but I know who Star Girl is. I know that she gets it from Starman. He passes down the um, her you know staff. Um, and then the other characters, I'm interested to see where they can go. Are they going to bring in, I think it was, I forget the guy's name. Is that Luke Wilson yeah, on there? Doc, Doctor, who? Wasn't that Luke Wilson on there, on that poster? It, 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 I think it was him. Um, I think it was like Doctor Midnight, like characters that like for DC years, like they're just, they don't get, I guess, the attention or love that, that, that they should and is the time for them to shine. I think it's going to be on the CW show also. Yeah, I, I think, think they're airing it there. The next day, it's on DC Universe. It's uh, the DC Universe gets it first, and then twenty four hours later, it'll come to the CW. Okay, okay, I got you. I mean, hey, I'll, I'll, I watch all the other shows, so I'm definitely going to give this one a shot. Uh, speaking of things that are coming out on the DC Universe, just a quick reminder that Harley Quinn season two is available right now on the DC Universe app. And a super fast turnaround. Let's see. My boy freezes in this episode, or I got to keep waiting. 
I think what three weeks turnaround for three weeks or a month. It, it was it was pretty damn fast. Christopher Maloney will be reprising his role as Detective Elliot Stabler in a new Law and Order SVU spinoff series. I mean, he, he was great in that show. God knows I watched so many damn episodes. I know that he originally left the show because I know he, he starred in True Blood for a couple episodes. And then he had that um, that FX show, Happy, which only got two seasons, which sucks. I still got to finish season two, but I, I love season one. I thought that was great. It's just good to see Maloney doing something else. Yeah, former pick of the week for you is happy. Yeah, great show. The final five episodes. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, if you, guys, if you guys want a quick two-season show, happy. It was on FX. Is it Great. a 30-minute show or a 60? 30. Good. Short and sweet, man. Uh, yeah, 22 minutes and you're out the door. Um, what is it? What we got? The final five episodes of Rick and Morty Season 4 will air beginning on May 3rd. And it, I was going to start because, again, I still have the first three seasons on Blu-ray. didn't even start him yet. But I think I'm going to start Ozark before I I, uh, I hit Rick and Morty. Jesus Christ, thank you for saying that. If you picked Rick and Morty over Ozark, <laughs> you have no fucking hope. There's no hope. Oh, God. Our nation's in shambles. Uh, let's go to the uh, music section. Uh, we have a couple of bands that we uh, love and a couple that we've interviewed dropping some new singles starting off with No Heavier Burden by our boy, Sergio Anello. Yeah, that, that's our boy. He, 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 he le- I don't know if he left early November or if he's just doing his own thing for now, if he's going to juggle both, but whatever he does, he knows he has support. Yeah, he'll he'll be looking like he'll be juggling both. Um, he has, though, signed on with Sunday Drive Records, aptly named for an early November fan. Um, the Sunday Maybe. Drive Records will be helping him out as he releases his new EP, he again he released the first track off of that called No Heavier Burden. It slaps. It's a different tone than his everything yeah. as everyone knows project, the first teller be told. EP. Oh yeah, 100 percent It's a definitely a different tone, a little softer, a little sweeter, but it shows a nice side of surge. He also recorded at the lumberyard just like the first EP. So we're definitely looking forward to continuing to uh, support our boy Sergio Anella. Yeah, and I know we both we both shared in our stories and we have the feedback. So it's it's always good that people actually, you know. We'll actually listen to our review or go, oh, let, me, let me take a shot. Yo, I checked it out. It was actually really good. You know, it feels good. Speaking of new songs that fucking slap, uh, there's a new song called Bloomless by the uh, band. I love them to death. Miniature Tiger is a band I've been trying to get on the show for a long time. Been listening to them for over a decade now. Um, actually, no, this is weird. In April, it will be a decade. That's Wow. I saw them in April 2010. They opened for fun, um, and it's where I saw Ryan Popejoy for the first time in like five years, and we reignited our friendship. Wow, that's how I remember things. That's all. That's a cool story. That's a cool story. And now we're now we're fucking bros. So it's like he was yeah. my, one of my best friends growing up, and then he, you know, now he lives around the corner. So uh, anyway. Uh, Miniature Tigers, they rip their new record, Vampires in the Daylight, actually was one of my more disappointing uh, things of 2019. I, I believe I had it on my worst list. Um, if not, it was like four, number four or five. I uh, was dying for a good record, especially after their first single that they released just shredded. And then the rest of the record just did live up to it. So then they released Bloomless, and it gets me back in the Miniature Tigers vibe. Very happy. The song slaps, so I'm really happy that, that they're coming back in a, in a great way. And go listen to uh, the Miniature Tiger single Bloomless. 
And then other friends of the podcast, Punchline, we interviewed them June 9th, 2018, 17? I think 18. Yeah, June 9th, yeah, I think 18. June 9th, 2018, we interviewed them. I think it aired a couple days later, so early June. So go back to our bonus episodes and check that out. Don't ask me why I remember it was June 9th, um, but I do. We not only pulled the triple header that day, but we were supposed to do a bigger interview that canceled last minute. So uh, there's that. Yay. There's that. <laughs> <laughs> they released a new single. They <laughs> Elephants never do. They, uh, they released a new single <laughs> aptly titled, Stay at home. <laughs> Perfectly titled. <laughs> I would imagine it's a song about social distancing. I, I, it's, why not? I haven't. So I haven't listened to it yet. It's the only, it's the only news track we have that I haven't listened to just yet. But there are boys. We had them on the show. They still interact with us. They still email us, and we interact on social media. So got to throw some love to my friends Chris Fafalius, Steve Sabosley, Trev, and the other dudes uh, in Punchline. I think Corey is the fourth member of the drummer. So uh, anyway, go check it out. Stay at home from Punchline, Miniature Tigers, Sergio Anello. Now let's get into the wait is the hardest part. Uh, and, and there's a couple things here as we have our new segment where we just talk about the shit that's now going to be delayed because of the coronavirus. We really reserve yeah, this. Yeah, and it's a, it's, it's a list. Yeah, we really reserve this for... Um, Movies and TV, we generally keep the games separate in their own thing because games haven't been hit too hard just yet, but now they're starting to yeah. as of as of earlier this episode. Uh, Top Gun, this is all per IGN. Top Gun Maverick was supposed to open June 24th, but will now come out December 23rd. Six months. Yeah, uh, Tom Cruise posted on his Instagram basically saying, guys, I know you've been waiting for a sequel for 35 years. Uh, Unfortunately, you're just gonna have to wait a little bit longer, and you know we'll see you in December. So I, I think it's the right move. I, that, I mean, let's let's call it what it is. It has to be. Who knows if theaters are going to be yeah. even open in June? And if they are, okay. how trepidatious are people going to be with going back to the theaters? Well, I mean, I would say people are definitely gonna be a little bit nervous, but you got to know that the theaters they're they're going to be getting deep cleaned and all that good stuff. And well, they probably are now that too. No, hundred percent. But I, I just as long as everyone kind of stays home and actually listens to this, so this thing can pass, and we can kind of move forward. A Quiet Place Part Two. Uh, this was supposed to actually come out March twentieth. Um, it was yeah. postponed. We reported that already, but it now has a new date, September fourth. I, I think it's a good. I, I, if I was a movie, I would like this. Like that. That would be my month. Okay, anything after September. I still think August is a little early. Well, guess what? You're going to think this one's early because the SpongeBob movie Sponge on the Run has shifted from May 22nd to July 31st. Yeah, that's, I don't, I, that's too early again, but that's a movie I would never see in theaters anyway. So that's that's a young audience. So like, that's going to be yeah. a packed theater with kids. That's tough sell for me. That's July 31st yeah, seems, yeah. seems early. Yeah, Lenny will be missing that one. Here's a here's a hot take for you. I think the baseball season is going to begin July 4th. I think they're going to pick it up with the second half right after the All-Star game. I still think this season, no fans. Oh, that would suck. I don't think they're going to play a single game in front of fans this I, year. I just, I just can't, I just can't 
see the owners doing that of just losing all that money, leaving that money on the table. I just can't see them doing it for the rest of the year. Well, let me tell you this. If they cancel the season, they ain't making a single dime, right? So at least they get the TV revenue. And with sports, with sports, the 40,000 people that show up to a Phillies game, probably over half of them will still watch it. So you still get the extra eyes on the game. And because sports have been gone so long, people are just going so nuts for sports that these ratings are going to go through the roof when they come back because people are missing them so much. Oh, my God. They can put on cricket right now and I'd watch it. I'm going to pass. I have been watching the Ocho. I watched the death diving competition. I watched the slippery stairs competition. So I'm psyched on those. Uh, And finally, the Tomorrow War, a sci-fi action film starring Chris Pratt, was supposed to open on Christmas Day and is now unscheduled. I don't know if that's coronavirus related. I imagine it is because of post-production. But we don't know. But uh, that one is also delayed indefinitely. does not have a new date yet. Jeez. Oh, by the way, we're not done. Hey, yeah, yeah. We're not. Oh, done. I know. I, I still see this list. <laughs> yeah, we're not done. Jason Reitman's Ghostbusters Afterlife has been moved from July 10th, 2020 to March 5th, 2021. Such a huge delay there. It is, but hey, they're, they're, they're playing safe. I, I can't blame them. That's extra safe. That's extra yeah. safe. Like, again, I don't have a problem with it. This wasn't a movie I was going to go run out to see. But you're waiting until March 2021. That tells me that because all these movies are being delayed and they're all going to be coming out around the same time, he wanted to get out of that window and have a weekend to himself. So I bet he picked this because there's no other real big movies coming out around that time. Oh, well, two weeks later, he has a big movie coming out. Uh, Yeah, Morbius has been pushed back from July 31st to March 19th, 2021. So like you said, two weeks after Ghostbusters. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to see both of them, so don't matter to me. The reason I think the coronavirus is a thing in the first place, Uncharted has been delayed because nobody... Umpteenth time. This movie just, it's just, just damned to come out. And I think that the coronavirus is just a ploy by the uh, directors, it, so, by all six directors of the Uncharted movie that left. So that went from March 5th, 2021 to December 8th, 2021. So we are now... About oh, two God. years away from the Uncharted movie, Tom Holland's going to be a fucking grown man by the time that movie comes out. No, he's going—he's he, literally going to grow into the perfect Nathan Drake. It'll be really funny. And Peter Rabbit to the Runaway, excuse, oh, oh, excuse me, man, will be uh, August seventh, twenty twenty. Is now January fifteenth, twenty twenty one. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. sure that was your number yeah, Peter one. Peter Rabbit didn't do it for me. And uh, I, that was a skip. <laughs> An untitled Marvel movie was delayed from October 21. I'm sorry, October 8th, 2021. So my guess is Craven. And that's been delayed. Yeah, that's what people were, people were saying. Craven. Um, could have been Spider-Man. I, I know a lot. It, it could have been. It, it could have been maybe Carnage is going to get his own movie. You never, you never know what the hell Sony's got up their sleeve. It could have been that Black Cat movie that we heard a while ago. Yeah. Or a Rhino movie featuring Paul Giamatti. Before we get to our CGC spotlight, just a reminder that this weekend that you're hearing this podcast, this is WrestleMania weekend. Um, it's kind of sneaking up on us. It's a two night affair. They're doing it Saturday night and Sunday night, both nights beginning at seven. And it's hosted by Rob Gronkowski. 
Just another reason not to watch it. Um, and uh, no one's going to be there. No, you're, not a single person. It's already been taped. So here's the thing. It's already taped. They're taping it like now as we speak. Um, and like I said, no fans. It's a two night thing. And personally, I feel like there shouldn't be wrestling right now. I think you're putting your performers in danger as much as I like having something to watch. I think that it's silly, even though I love AEW and Matt Hardy and all that good stuff. I think that they should just kind of bag it for now. That is why I'm not doing a full fledged preview of it with you. Two nights hosted by Gronk. It's already pre-taped. So if you want to look up spoilers, you probably can starting tomorrow. I'm not going to. Yeah. And I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch both nights. Ashley and I are going to have date nights with champagne, a little bit of the bubbly and, and have a great time. But I didn't want to do a full preview because it's just I don't think it should be there. I think it should be delayed. Yeah, I, I agree 100 percent. I, I, I just can't believe that they're moving forward with, with no fan. Just just put it on hold. Come on, Sam. What's your CGC spotlight this week? CGC Spotlight, another pretty big book. But I got to thank my boy, Austin Reese, over at Reese's Rare Comics on IG. They got their website, reesesrarecomics.com. We'll be having uh, him I, on the podcast soon. Yes, yes, we will. Um, we'll be going over questions with that soon for you because I got a couple to show you. But again, I've dealt with Austin so many times. I see him and his family at, you know, the last four years at Baltimore Comic Con, and then C2E2. Hopefully, we're still going to have a Baltimore Comic Con in October. Still haven't heard anything yet, so I'm still waiting on that. But we were able to work out a deal for Amazing Spider-Man number 129. Yes, it's another Marvel book, two in a row. It's 9.4 white pages, the first appearance of the Punisher, Frank Castle, and the Jackal. Wow. The Jerry, Jerry, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty big book. I... I started out back when I kind of first started. I think I had a 6-0. Then I moved up to an 8, 8-5, then now finally a 9-4, just slowly climbing the ladder. Because it's a very expensive book. You have a Jerry Conway story, Ross Andrew, Frank Gaisha, and Dave Hunt art. Gil Kane and John Ramita cover came out in February 1974. I, I, I think it's one of the big Bronze Age key. And I know you love the back, so I'm going to you with it. It's Evil Knievel, one of my favorite backs ever in comics because I, when I was younger, I, I used to love watching Evil Knievel do all the crazy shit from him, watching his old videos, to his son Robbie jumping across two buildings in Vegas over a moving train. And in this book, surprisingly, has a lot of 9-8s on the CDC census, 137 of them to be exact, 9-6s, 369, 94, 704. So I didn't, re- I didn't realize so many were great. Okay, actually, on the CDC census, they have 10,408 total graded at a blue label. So this book and I know Hulk 181 both have over 10,000 copies graded. So again, this is a book to me that I know I love The Punisher. Uh, he always was something cool for me. I know the Jackal. I'll get to that story in a second. But the Punisher, if you watched um, from the Tom King movies, even if you go back from Dolph Lundgren when he did it, even though he didn't wear the skull shirt, which was stupid. Um, and then you had Ray Stevenson do the second one, Warzone, which wasn't the greatest. But I think we can all agree and say John Bernthal so far is probably the better Punisher actor as Frank Castle. At least for me, I don't know where you stand. 
Probably. Of the nine four sales. Wait, say, say that again, Greg. I said probably. Yeah. Yeah. So some recent nine four sales. They're kind of a little bit all over. I see it. Three thousand seventy four, three thousand forty two, two thousand nine hundred seventy eight, twenty five hundred. So it's a little bit all over right now. Maybe they're waiting for when they announce another Punisher. Then I can see this book being spiked. The story in this book is just called The Punisher Strikes Twice. A new costume criminal known as the Jackal has appeared, and he has hired the Punisher, a costume vigilante, vigilante to destroy Spider-Man. Again, I can't thank Austin Reese enough. Again, we'll have him on the podcast soon. If you want to check their website, it's all it's Reese'sRareComics.com or check them all on IG, Reese's Rare Comics. That was it. That was a, a long one. We're back to the normal length of the show. Um, after a couple of uh, hour to hour and 20s, we're back to the hour 40 range we've found ourselves so accustomed to. And uh, we appreciate everybody hanging in there for episode 180. Um, if you'd like to, leave us a rating and a review on iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to the podcast. We read them all, and we read them all on the air. One star, three star, five star, don't care. Uh, we just appreciate the support. I know that in times like this, less podcasts are being listened to. There's not a lot of commuting going on. And we are definitely feeling that. So, um, yeah. you know, any support that you could give us, we appreciate from Patreon to just a simple review and rating. We'd, we'd really, really love it. So thank you. Yeah, everybody. It, it, it helps. It helps the show like in a huge way, more than, you know, if you don't have a dollar, yeah, just type some words. That's, that's all we could ask. Easy as that. So thank you for listening to episode 180. We'll be back next week with episode 181. Just stay home. Baby.